0: How is it going, everybody? It is DeMarco here with... Oh, God, I forgot what episode it was already. (laughs) Uh, Is this five or six? I think it's six. I think it's six. I think it's six. It is episode six of the Push Start (laughs) podcast. Wow, that is embarrassing. Um, I am here with a friend of the channel. I've been shoving him all over my Discord. It is
1: subtly explosive. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yes, I've been, we, it seems like we've been trying to organize this for a really long time, so...
1: I know, I. we were supposed to do it last week, and then I had some personal issues to deal with, but it's okay. We're good, I'm here now. Time moves on.
0: Exactly, we finally got it. So, but we have, I don't know what's been going on, and I do know what's going on, actually. It's, all the developers are now cramming away for E3, so all of them are shoved away in little hidey holes and cubbies. I hope not, but, um... They're yeah. all working and preparing for E3. They have to get their marketing materials done, their trailers. They're probably even spending time writing scripts for their press conferences and such stuff like that. Oh, mm, yeah. Um, but there is still quite a few big tidbits of information and tidbits of news going on in the industry. First and foremost... I want to get out of the way check both of us out on twitter and discord i'll have our links in the description below you can go ahead and follow us on each if you want to get more involved in either of our channels uh subtly uh do you want to go off and tell me a little bit about what you've been working on
1: uh yeah so i'm pretty much focusing on uh the twitch aspect of my like Gaming side here. Uh, I've been building that up recently. I've been mostly streaming some Skyrim over there uh, trying to do 100% it on my ps4 So I've been dealing with that Um, That's pretty much what I'm really working on I've kind of put my YouTube to the side for a bit just to focus on my streaming aspect But I Mm -hmm. think the YouTube might be coming back soon. So that's fun. Oh cool.
0: Well, I'll be looking forward to that because yeah, I love both That's awesome. Um so, and then the second thing I always like to do is ask just generally, and I think I already know the answer to this, but what <laughs> games have you been playing?
1: Well, recently? like I said, I've been playing Skyrim. That's exactly
0: um, what I expected.
1: Right. Hold on though. That's <laughs> not the only one. Oh. Uh, I've al- I know. I've also, <laughs> oh! Been- <laughs> I've also been going back and on my Switch, I've been playing uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and I've been p- playing Pokemon Sword and I'm... Trying to complete the Pokédexes in both of those games with like the implementation of Pokémon Home throughout the uh, Pokémon Company lately, so I've been doing a little bit of both. You got you got Pokémon, Pokémon everything, uh, Pokémon fever. So, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. It's a disease.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've actually I've never really tried any of the recent Pokémon games since Pearl. Pearl was the last oh, okay. one I played and enjoyed, and then I really stopped caring once um what's the name of the ice cream vanillish yes when 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 pokemon like vanillish came into the picture also you know what really irritated me so my coworker who sits next to me at work he's a huge pokemon but he's even taking a break because he went hunting for shinies and he just got exhausted of it so right but he was showing me since he's really big into pokemon i'll come in and we'll talk about pokemon for a little bit in the mornings but he was explaining how they changed ponyta and oh, they not. made it into a brony. <laughs> and it lo- <laughs> it looks so stupid, and that genuinely <laughs> angers me because Ponyta was one of my favorite poke. I just thought a fire, a horse on fire, was freaking sweet, right. and they decided, nope, we're changing it to be My Little Pony themed now.
1: Oh. And it's a completely different type. It's not fire. I, I mean, there's somebody listening to this that is, like, yelling it. But I, I feel like it's a psychic type now, maybe? Or fairy? It's one of those two. It's a completely different type. Just in, make a uh, new Pokemon! <laughs> Why'd you have to I cheat? Know. He was cool! Or she. That's actually... this is inclusive, uh, this is Or they. You know, different topic. But, like, this is... Uh, that's one of my big things that's bothering me with the recent Pokemon games is... There, you can kind of tell they're starting to run out of ideas because they're making like, oh, well, this Pokemon in this region looks like this instead of them having a new Pokemon. And I'm like, okay, mm. we don't need to keep reintroducing the original 151 with different color palettes and designs.
0: Yeah, do they have different attacks at least?
1: Yeah, yeah, they will because they have uh, they're like they're different, different types. types, yeah, yeah, okay, so they're so not completely they the same, going but for them. right.
0: Alright, so, on my end, I've actually not had a lot of time to play games, especially this weekend, because, or this week, because Valentine's Day, plus, you know, just getting all my content, plus trying to just scrounge for hours to find something interesting, honest to goodness, I'll spend in my office, I'll just be walking around, like, trying to think of topics, (laughs) but I've actually put aside some time where I've recently started streaming Oblivion on Mixer, and, inspired by you, I've been doing an All Achievements run, so... I just started doing the uh, Fighters Guild as well as the Dark Brotherhood quest lines, both of which I love to. Da- I love that game. And also, I've started getting a little bit more into, and I'm never going to get good at it, but Soul Calibur Six because okay. I I got it for free through the Humble Bundle, which is no longer the same way. Now it's like Humble Choice, where you don't get every single game in the bundle; you get to pick a few. I'm not too crazy about that, but hey, it is what it is. Um, but I got Soul Calibur 6, and I used to play Soul Calibur, I think, 4 way or 3, way back when when I was a little kid. On the PlayStation 2, we used to play it uh, with my cousins. And then I got this one, Geralt, if you play, Geralt is amazing in the game. He's completely overpowered. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, so. it's like, who else would you really play as? I mean, come on.
0: No, I... It's Geralt. <laughs> it's it's entirely him. Um, Or the person who... I don't know their names because I'm not super familiar with There's a person who has a long... Um, a, a Bose, I think it's a bow staff. He has a big staff and he can, like, jump on top of it and hop around on it like a pogo stick. And it's amazing. I don't know if he's in 6, but I know he was in the older one. And I love him to death. Maybe his name is Max. I feel like he had a generic name like Max or something. <laughs> anyway, that's what we've been playing. So... On with the news, I'm going to throw a big curveball because I always tell, uh, usually have the topics pre-planned, but then I always like to throw something into the mix that my guests don't really expect. And (laughs) the first topic I want to talk about was, I don't know if you've heard the news, but Jeff Keighley is not going to E3 in the first time in 25 years.
1: Really? I don't think I saw that.
0: Yes, so I'm looking at uh, Video Games Chronicle. It's the first article that came up because I didn't have it in front of me yet. But Jeff Keighley has said he won't be attending E3 2020 because he feels uncomfortable with plans for this year's event. Now, he does have a string of tweets where he was very open and answered. Well, I say very open. I'm putting air quotes. He did say, ask me anything and I'll answer as best as I can. But he didn't really go into details other than he was uncomfortable. And the information we have outside of that, he said, Based on what's been communicated to me about the show, I just don't feel comfortable participating. Um, It's no secret that E3 needs to evolve, and I have lots of ideas around that, but I have decided to take a wait-and-see approach. I'm looking forward to learning more about the ESA's vision for the show beyond what was in the blog post last week. And a couple details about what happened was there was an E3 2020 pitch deck that was leaked. I don't think it was really leaked. I think they it was an intentional leak. But basically, they are turning E3 to be a, quote, fan media and influencer festival where you, one, people who are influencers and content creators, big channels, will get exclusive access to certain areas and certain interviews and such like that. And for those that are waiting in lines, which have always been a problem at E3, monumental lines, there'll be cutertainment in which you might see, like they described in the pitch deck, the L.A. Lakers will be playing a basketball game and, and, and competing with one another. Or you'll see statues of celebrities you can take pictures with. Um, so they're going in a new direction, and a lot of people think it's not really for the best.
1: Yeah, that's um damn, I missed that. That's a little distressing.
0: Yeah. Now, E3's always been a time to celebrate games and 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 be proud to be a gamer. It's always been the biggest event in gaming, but it's been slowly declining over the years. A large part of that is due to a lot of leaks. I mean, just imagine being a developer, you're working hard, you have a very secret reveal that hasn't been, you know, announced anywhere. And then freaking Walmart Canada comes and says, oh, take pre-orders for Rage 2 before it's announced. Like they did two years ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so leaks are really bad, uh, which is ruining a lot of the excitement for it, But also, I-, I don't know. I think Jeff Keeley really has it right with something like the Game Awards that you did join me for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, where it's, it's tailored towards being watched at home. Yeah. Sorry,
1: I'm just reading this uh, article you just brought up, so I'm just scanning it.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, so it's 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 a shame because you know Jeff Jeff has always been a big part of the show, and a lot of people really like him. I really like him. He's usually pretty good with the questions, and I use a lot of times in in my own videos when he sits down with Todd Howard, and he asks real questions, not just the generic things that you hear in every single interview. And it's, it's a shame to see him go. I wonder if it's going to kind of wake the ESA up because again, Jeff, he has ideas for it and he knows where it should go. And he himself alluded to the fact that you need to cater to people online. You can't just make a show and make it exclusive because someone from London can't afford a a plane ticket to get to LA and stay here for three, four days, however long it takes. Then of course there's the addition of that I completely forgot, which is Sony's not going. EA hasn't been there for the past several years. Um, developers are dropping. Nintendo's going to be a part of it, which is interesting because they weren't okay. previously, but they did their own Nintendo Direct conferences. Right. But I don't know. I I, I don't know. It, it's it's it seems like E3's not going to be along around for a lot a longer
1: yeah and i mean just reading about this and like i i'll be honest i found out about the game awards much later than most people like i found out about it uh, two three years ago i think mm-hmm. and uh so my introduction to jeff Keeley has been very recent but mm-hmm. like i like you said he's always the one asking real questions and not just like oh okay so when's it gonna come out and like stuff like that like he actually cares he's there to interest people that are watching online or the people that are there and he's doing it for like everybody's enjoyment and he's trying to actually further or further the experience is what i believe and so i feel like the fact that he's willing to step away from e-theory that's kind of that's distressing and i think that uh, they should be kind of worried about that because if he's not comfortable with it, I don't know how they expect everybody else to take it.
0: Do you think that E three is going to get replaced by something else, like the Game Awards, for example?
1: Um, I feel like, I think, I think like what I see happening is that it they'll try and go this one direction that they're seemingly trying to go towards, and then they're going to realize that it was a mistake, and maybe in a year or two try and go back, and then they'll realize that it's a little too late, and that's when they'll have to be replaced. So I think that it'll be around for a couple more years, but I think its demise is definitely coming soon.
0: it's on the horizon. It's like slowly creeping, they're crawling away, like GameStop,
1: (laughs) although- Right? It's like every year you hear, it's like, oh, GameStop's going out of business now, but somehow they're still going, they're still going. And did you see, they're they're doing something
0: really cool where they're actually trying to make it more like a, a, a video game cafe almost, which I'm all for that. I think that's awesome. Oh, I think I did see that.
1: Uh, there was, like, a picture of, like, a party that was there at one of them. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I Interesting. Which Interesting. I is... think that's gonna take some time to get all their stores to flip over to that, but, I mean, that sounds awesome. It sounds like they would definitely start making, uh, their money's worth there. Oh, for
0: sure, dude. I spend so much time. I, I wish I had this when I was a kid. There is, right in a town near me, they have a, a board game cafe, and I'm there, like, every other week. Because I, I'm okay. a huge tabletop person. I love board games. Um, so if anybody needs a board game suggestion, just let me know. <laughs> and I'll <laughs> hook you up. But no, I go there all the time and it's it's great. You you spend ten dollars on, on a on a week week night and mm-hmm. oh no, I'm sorry, on a weekend. And you give ten bucks, you could sit down. I think it's supposed to be four hours, but really they don't ever kick you out. Which in my opinion is fantastic. <sighs> that is phenomenal customer service. I love it to death, and it to the point where since I have gotten away with it in the past, even when it's been crowded and there's been people at the door, if if they came up to me now and are like, hey, listen, you guys have been here for a while, I'd be like, no, you know what, fine, no problem, I'll get up, I'll pack <laughs> immediately what I'm doing, to, and... But that's great, and I love stuff like that. And I wish I had that when I was a kid because there's people, there's there were young, there's young kids going in for Pokemon tournaments, or you know if they're into magic, or if they just want to play parchisi. Well, they're not playing parchisi. <laughs> bring back parchisi, twenty twenty. Don't bring back parchisi. <laughs> but you know they're 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 going there. They have after school programs, and I, I I don't know about you, but I used to get bullied if I were into stuff like that when I was a kid. Oh yeah, oh, I get made fun yeah. of. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So, goddamn, I God mean, damn. They don't know, know how good they have it. <laughs> These da- do they have a generation for for people that are like seven years old, ten years old? They're not know. millennials, they... right? They're past millennials. Are they? Is it Gen Z? Is that what they are? Maybe or... whatever they are, they don't know how good they have it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, true. You'll see them walking around with like their own phone or something, and I'm like, all right.
0: All right, the phone's a whole different story because, <laughs> dude, I can't tell you. You know what's really depressing, too, while we're on this topic? Have you ever seen a school bus recently? Like, kids on a school bus?
1: Uh, I can't say I often visit children's school buses, DeMarco. Do we need to have a talk about that? <laughs> no. I drive behind <laughs> them on my way to work. But
0: every single person, when you drive past one, every single kid on that bus has their head down looking at their phone. They're not talking to each other. They're not interacting. Maybe a few of them are, but they're all sitting next to each other, look, staring at their phones on the way to school. And the, the bus rides were the most fun part for me when I was a kid. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I
1: You'd don't be, like, know. like standing up or like kneeling on the chair and looking behind you and talking or like throwing around this new toy you got.
0: Chewing gum on the bus when you're not supposed to. You know, sneaking
1: oh, yeah, sneaking it in
0: your mouth, hiding it under your tongue. It was great.
1: <laughs> it was the best.
0: Anyway, video games. Yes,
1: video games.
0: Uh, so the next bit of news that's going on—the PlayStation Five. Everyone's excited for next-gen consoles. I'm super excited for next-gen consoles because they are supposed to be a huge jump in comparison. So from the Xbox 360 to the Xbox One, and similarly the PS3 to the PS4, was not a big technological jump. It was very small, very depressing, and it sucks because there was opportunity, they just didn't take it. Xbox in particular felt the need to bundle it with the Kinect and raise the price by 100 bucks. Nobody liked it, so they changed right. that. Um, but now it's supposed to be a much bigger jump between these two systems and in terms of the technology. But, latest going on here, Sony is struggling with the PlayStation 5 price due to costly parts. Scarce components have pushed the manufacturing cost for Sony Corp's next PlayStation to around $450 per unit forcing a difficult price setting decision in its battle with Microsoft Corp according to people with knowledge on the
1: matter. I love how generic
0: that is. People with knowledge on it are right? saying that it might be
1: bad. <laughs> so it's like one guy who's like logo is the Sony logo on Twitter and they just tweeted that out. They have knowledge. <laughs>
0: uh, they know. But no, it's completely believable so mm-hmm. the, P- the 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 thing about it is if it's if it's being manufactured for $450 this is a bit tricky because you you can't have in a bit of history the PlayStation 3 launched for 600 bucks what right. <laughs> that is that is way too expensive for a console um because typically people who buy consoles are not trying to spend you know the price of a budget PC
1: Right, so, um, there's that. That's what draws a lot of people towards consoles, is because good PCs are so expensive.
0: Exactly. My, mine was fifteen hundred dollars, and it's wonderful. I won't need to change anything for a couple fifteen hundred. Yeah, for a couple years, but it's it, you know it's a big entry. It's a big cost to entry. So to, uh-huh. to the the so the PS three release at six hundred dollars. PS four was three ninety nine when it released in at. Uh, in 2013. Now would it wouldn't be the first time if PlayStation wanted to try to sell it for 400 dollars, even if the they, the consoles cost 450 to make. It would not be the first time that they sold at a deficit. In fact, fun fact for you: the the I think every single console, the PlayStation, uh one to the three or something along those lines. Every single one sold at a deficit until the PS4.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. So consoles aren't the big money makers. For Sony to turn around and say, okay, well, we can sell this at 400 bucks. again. We lose $50 per console, but we will outsell Microsoft and in turn sell more games is is really the way there should be looking. It would be dangerous for them to go... 600 bucks and and then they laugh you know halfway to the bank because they can't afford because they didn't make enough gas money to get there since nobody's <laughs> buying it for 600 bucks right so 400 even even if they sold it if it cost 450 and they sold it at 450 or 500 i think 500 is reasonable
1: yeah it's and definitely on the higher side, and I I feel like this brings in an entire different discussion. Is we'd have to see what Xbox is thinking with it as well, but different discussion.
0: <laughs> oh no, it's completely no. You're you're right on topic on 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 uh, on on point because, uh, what is it? Sony is waiting to reveal their price as late as possible. They want to see what Microsoft's doing.
1: I feel like they're both just gonna wait. I think they're just it's waiting to see chicken. what the other one does. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> There's I really do, it. and I feel like whoever. I think somebody's gonna crack and be like, "All right, fine. Here's our price." But,
0: and then the other one cuts them by twenty five bucks. Exactly.
1: Because <laughs> aren't the specs
0: like fairly similar? Uh, it depends on which leak you look at. There's dude. There's so yeah. many leaks of people like mm, one week the play the the PlayStation Five sucks, and then the next week it's the best, most powerful console on the planet. Right. So, it's not to that extreme, but. Yeah, I. No, I no, you...
1: it's. Oh no, you go for it.
0: Okay. Oh, sorry. Um, the uh, the 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 latest rumor that I saw was that the PlayStation Four will be operating with a very strong SSD, which is something that's been touted in the past. Uh, that Sony's console will be the fastest on, you know, fastest, con- faster than current PCs, mm-hmm. and. The only way they can really do that is with a very strong SSD, solid state drive, which of course is why PCs load much faster than consoles. Um, And it's just a storage unit. But supposedly, supposedly what's happening is Samsung at CES this year announced and showcased an SSD that was one of the fastest available. It utilized PCLE 4.0 as opposed to PCLE 3.0. And for those who might get confused in the jargon, bigger number is better. (laughs) So you just want big number. That's all that's important. Um, But allegedly, they have two different measurements that they take. They take download, read and write speeds. I'm sorry. They use read and write speeds. And the read and write speeds of this were about two times faster than what was rumored to be in the Xbox uh, Series X. I hate that name. Yeah, right. Um, but two times faster than the Xbox Series X. Which is a big deal. That's a lot.
1: Very true. Yeah. I feel I feel like with every every time Sony and Microsoft come out with a new console, they always are like, It's gonna be the fastest. It's gonna be faster than any PC, it's gonna be the fastest thing you've ever seen, and then you get it and it's just like marginally faster than the one before it. And like people are like, Oh, you know what? I hear loading screens are gonna be a thing of the past and Loading screens are going to happen on a console, all right? Granted, they're (laughs) probably going to get shorter, but they're going to happen. We can't just sit here and be like, they're not going to load at all. It's just going to go right to it. Every single thing in the game will be loaded at all times. Right, right. It's almost like that's what people are expecting (laughs) from these companies, and that's just ridiculous.
0: But No, I agree. But could you yeah. imagine, dude, could you imagine loading into Skyrim and then just seeing, you know, you, obviously the there? distant terrain is it, just non-existent in, in Bethesda games on consoles? Um, Even on PC, hell, I look at, you know, if I'm looking in the distance, I can't see. Of course, I could get, for example, dined, I think it's Dindelon, and that requires some special uh, care to make sure that it works properly that I am should probably look into. But even still, I don't use that, so I, I don't see anything. But could you imagine just looking out and you see... All of the grass, all of the animals, all of the monsters, you can just take your bow out, aim from a 100 miles
1: away, and just... Pew! Right. And, and then you then get those you, then kill you... cams. <laughs> and then you go to the menu, and you hit fast travel, and you're already there.
0: <laughs> or, or yeah, oh. but even, too, like, just walking in every single, ci- every single city would be open, which, again, mods can do. Um, right. But, of course, at a cost. And then something like... Uh, walking into caves every single cave was just
1: open oh man that would be really really neat that would be very awesome <laughs> One i would hate to pay as much as that game would cost but it would be awesome
0: <laughs> oh my gosh oh throwing things um so anyway the, yeah so that's what the read and write speeds uh and that's the cost of the console i think 500 dollars is completely reasonable I think 550 mm. is even reasonable. Yeah, it's on the higher end, but, you know, it, it, inflation is, no, is is a thing that exists in this world. <laughs> and so right. uh, between between inflated prices as well as just very impressive hardware, uh, maybe the Series X might get an advantage in that they will have a $300 version. Probably not that low, but maybe a $400 version, a $500 version, and a $600 version as Series X implies playstation might be restricted they have the playstation 5 here it is 500 yeah. bucks and microsoft is sitting there laughing they got their arms crossed and they go <laughs> look at these chums
1: we'll right. see i i feel like i feel like one of them is gonna lock in at about 500 and i think one i think whichever one comes second might undercut them at like 450 it provided that microsoft and sony both have one version of the console and mm-hmm. not multiple so what I think, is i think oh go on uh, i was just gonna say i was just saying i think that's where they'll probably lock in around those numbers
0: what is the highest price everyone's financial situation is different what is the highest price that you would buy a next generation console for
1: well, you know uh, 20 bucks no okay <laughs> sounds fair <laughs> yeah um, no good <laughs> <laughs> um let's see um so this is just about me. I've been an Xbox child since I got my first Xbox when I was 10, I think. So I've been Xbox child. Uh, and then last year, I finally made the switch to the PS4. Now, granted, I had a PlayStation 2 at my mom's house and, like, an Xbox and my dad's house. Um, so I had both, but, like, the Xbox is always what I played because that's what my friends had. So now that I'm looking into a PS5 for the next console... Um, I think that, honestly, that answer is going to depend on if the games will be, or if the system will be backwards compatible. So, provided that it, if we say that it will, like they're hoping it will be, because obviously we've heard that they've been having a little bit of trouble with that, uh, rumored trouble. I don't get how, but... Right. Um, (laughs) It doesn't make any sense to Which, granted, that could be BS. We don't know. It's rumored trouble. It's one of those leaks. Um... I'd say, I'd say if it is backwards compatible, then I would do, I think I would shoot for 450. I think that's what I would throw out for it. However, if it's not backwards compatible and I have to get rid of, or, and I would have to sell like my PS4 and my games in order to afford it, I'd probably bump that up to 500 just because I'm getting cash off of the games and system and all that. Mm, okay. But, I mean... It's weird. In my mind, that seems kind of backwards, but I don't know. I just I really hope that that it is backwards compatible, so I can be playing all these games that I have, and I don't have to be buying another version of them. It should be. That that's coming from the guy that has four versions of Skyrim.
0: (laughs) No, it definitely should be because if you, I mean, Microsoft has it down pat. Microsoft is golden when it comes to that, and Mm -hmm. if Sony wants to compete, Sony might turn around and say, "Eh, well." hey, people aren't really going to buy it just for the backwards compatibility. They might try to do it in other departments and say, no, we got the better exclusive and we got the better games anyway. So, and we'll have the lower price point and we'll have the fastest console, period. Like, just imagine Sony being able to come out and say, we have the fastest console because a lot of people don't pay attention to stuff like this. Right. So they will see, you know, maybe they pay attention to E3 and they see that Sony is the fastest console available, the PS5. And they'll look at that and go, oh, okay, well, yeah, do it. (laughs) Buy that one. (laughs) Um, Or the marketing campaigns that they can launch with that, with that slogan, the fastest console ever. That's some powerful stuff. So they might even try to compete with the backwards compatible. They should. Because it will piss a lot of people off. But it's one of those things where... You know, everyone turns around, they say, oh, uh, you know, Bethesda, Bethesda has the creation club in Starfield. I'm going to buy it anyway, but they shouldn't have the <laughs> creation club in Starfield. Right? Right. Same same kind of thing. Oh, well, they should have backwards compatibility. They don't. But I'm going to buy it anyway. I'm right. Buy it. Not happy about it. <sighs>
1: See, I mean, I was about to say that if it doesn't have backwards compatibility, I might stick with my PS4 for a while. But then I realized, I was like, no, nah, I really want Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six, so I'll probably still get the PS5. <laughs> <laughs> so, But I know I know, uh, my roommate and I, we both really want the backwards compatibility with the 5.
0: It's a huge feature.
1: Yeah, we're both pretty sure we're going to get the 5, uh, so we would really like that backwards compatibility, especially with him. He has uh, PS3 games that he would love to play again. Mm. So, he's hoping that it goes back a little bit.
0: Cool, cool, cool. So, that is really all for what's going on with PlayStation at the moment. Good stuff, exciting stuff. I'm excited for... They said they were supposed to announce it in February. That's been the rumor that they would hold the event. But again, I think that... Sony's waiting as long as they can for that price point before they say anything. But it was alleged that they would have a PS5 reveal event in February. We'll have to wait and see if that happens. And I just really want to see what these consoles are capable of.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So, next bit of news we have going on. Not huge, not massive by any means, but it might excite some fans. Everybody likes Disney, right? Disney is looking to flesh out their games catalog more uh in a recent dice summit uh attendees exec uh what is it develop disney wants to to, oh my gosh reset this is this is coming from gamesindustry.biz the article is titled disney wants developers to quote reimagine its ip for video game executive invites dice summit attendees to come and play with its catalog interesting headline um Mm -hmm. but Basically, Disney obviously right now has licensed out their games in the past. They did try to do it internally and it didn't work. In fact, they uh, sold FoxNet Games and Cold Iron Studios um, both as part of the 20th, 20th Century Fox acquisition and shut down the previously Fox-owned mobile developer FogBank Entertainment. So when they've tried to do things themselves, it hasn't worked. But they are working closely with EA. Obviously, they have exclusive rights to Starfield. Uh, to but what to Star Wars? No, no,
1: they don't. No, they don't. Um,
0: to Starfield to Star Wars. <laughs> this is a mess. And uh, the CEO Robert Iger said that he still thinks uh, EA and Disney have a good relationship with them. So that kind of contrasts with what happened when Battlefront launched. Yeah. Anyway, they might not say they also did it with Sony and Spider-Man. Uh, so they gave the exclusive rights to PlayStation, which shouldn't come as a surprise. Obviously Sony and Disney kind of have that weird uh, third wheeling thing going on with Spider-Man. But Yeah. I don't know. I think this is I think this is cool, especially they have a lot of different IPs they can work from. And if they give it to the right developers, I like that they aren't really locking things into at least what it se- seems like is they're not locking into uh, just what they did with EA where they have this long contract with them and only they can develop games. But instead they turn around and they say, OK, well, this property would work well with you know these developers and, and this property would work well with these developers so they can mix and match who they want to work with. As it as it as it you know, as it should be,
1: right? Because they've got like uh they have Star Wars over in EA. They've got Spider Man with Insomniac, and they've got like the new Avengers game is with over with Square Enix. So they're like right, going right. all over, which I'm glad that they're not like. Oh no! This we're gonna make all these games, and I guarantee if that's what they were doing, both Spider-Man and Jedi: Fallen Order would not have been successful.
0: No, and speaking of success of those games, Spider-Man sold over thirteen million copies and is the fastest-selling first-party title in PlayStation history. And Jedi: Fallen Order was one of the biggest-selling games last year. It is about to reach. It might have already reached ten million copies sold. Which, you know, EA was stating how it blew away their expectations that, uh, you know, they didn't expect that much. And it's now selling way better than they they previously thought it would. Which is like, good, give us more. (laughs) Yes, please. Single player games. Give us a single player game. It's not hard. It's not hard. You like money? Do you like money, EA?
1: (laughs) You know, oh my gosh, it's so I infuriating. I wanted Star Wars 1313. So bad. And then they said, "Nope. No, we're not doing it." They had one with
0: that was in the style of Uncharted with Amy Henning, who worked on Uncharted. Uh, nobody likes linear games. Nobody <laughs> likes loot crates. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. oh. All right. Anyway. Yeah. It's just stupid. it's really a dumb mentality. I don't they, they see that people are asking, even if it's not going to sell. Now here's here's the catch twenty two. There always is one. Which is right. the fact that these games, while they are selling well, loot boxes and microtransactions are now making up more than one third, I think, of the company's revenues. In fact, just last year alone, I don't remember the exact number, but I'm fairly confident. About ninety percent confident that in last quarter alone, EA sold one billion dollars of microtransactions. Previously, God. previously it took them an entire year to make that much. Now it only took them one quarter. It was nine hundred. I remember actually, it was nine hundred and ninety-three million dollars. Took them an entire year. Now they made that in one quarter.
1: It, and you know, it, it, unfortunately, so many people hate it. But unfortunately, there are still so many people that are still buying these. And so they have no reason to stop making them. No, they don't. It'd and be stupid it, to. I know. Which hurts to uh, say. Right, right. It, it would be stupid, but
0: I hate them so much. <laughs> Most people do. But there's, you know, what, it, it, and it, what stinks is that it's all from, well, not all. <clears throat> excuse me but it's 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 from people playing mostly fifa nba or no not nba fifa and menon yeah and buying ultimate teams and buying packs and buying pachinko machines and buying slot machines because that's oh that's nba i'm sorry um <laughs> nba has a pachinko and slot machines but it's the ultimate team card packs and it's 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 been proven that the oh, odds guys. when you see people do pack openings which are still massive I don't I don't personally get it um and I don't think anyone in in my community or your community will but uh, no. the they the odds are tipped in the favor of people who are known to be YouTubers or streamers when they open packs they have better odds to get rares so yeah. when people see that they turn around and go oh I could get a rare player and they, they go off and buy 20 packs and get nothing
1: right oh they're brainwashing they're brainwashing people it's just it's sad
0: on the bright side that's ea but hopefully disney will you know continue to license out their properties to different developers not ea Mm. Um, insomniac is a perfect and square enix is a good although we have to see what this avengers game is going to be i don't i don't have any expectations for it
1: I I would like to say I don't have expectations, but I I would like it to be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I'll be there opening day to buy it. So.
0: Oh. Despite reviews, yeah, so. you're not gonna wait for reviews.
1: Um. I mean, unless they absolutely tear it down, I I don't think that'll affect me very much. I I'm the type of person that I I like to formulate my own opinions.
0: Okay, that's good. Do you think, do you think that with this new Marvel's game, uh, Marvel Avengers game that is going to be combined with the Spider-Man universe with that was made because Spider-Man is um, not in the Avengers
1: game. Right. Um, I think they'll probably wait and see how this one does. Um, because you know, like we've already said, these companies, their sole mo- like mindset is just money, 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 money. So all they want dollars so I feel like they'll probably see how this goes um I think if it does about as well as like a Fallen Order or one of the, or the Spider-Man game I think it's a very strong likelihood which I think would be great if Avengers turns out to be a great game I just don't want it to be shoehorned in there right it'd be like oh oh look here's a cameo from from the PS4 Spider-Man guys I'm like <laughs> I don't want it shoehorned shoehorn in there I want it to just feel right
0: I'd imagine that. Have you ever played Mass Effect? Although Mass Effect Andromeda was a bit—it was not even subtle at all. It was right in your face with the Quarian arc that was supposed to be a DLC. But I'd imagine that they would probably, if that's the route they're going, that they would probably have a pretty, not not very subtle tease in there that says, "Oh, look—they they mentioned they mentioned Spidey. Like they mentioned it. He's right. not going to be there, but." They talked about him, or they bring a, you know, I think in the demo they keep using Yuri, one of the characters is Yuri, which is obviously the the cop in, in Spider Man. So
1: oh, did they really? I didn't see that. Yes, in the
0: gameplay demo. Now I might be completely uh... wrong because I watched it on in the background on my TV just because I was checking it out again for I don't know why it just came up and I was like hmm
1: let me let me let me give it a look. Well, well I, if that's the case, then I might I would have to change my answer completely. But if that wasn't the case, then I think that. They might do that little teaser. I think the smart thing to do, not what they will do, I think what the smart thing would, to do is have that, like, little teaser uh, in, like, a DLC pack for the Avengers for, mm, if they're going yeah. the to
0: make
1: DLC. Just wait, wait and see how the base game pans out and then be like, great, now let's toss them toss a bone cool. in the DLC.
0: Yeah, definitely. The thing is, what what the reason why I bring this up is because the latest rumors for the Batman Arkham game. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're not going to go into, because I actually talked about this last week, uh, but they're rumored to possibly be doing sort of a DC game universe where there will be Green Arrow and there will be uh, Wonder Woman and Superman and all these characters will have their own games, but they're all taking place. It's not going to be set in the Arkhamverse. It's going to be set in its own thing and they're going to try to unite them and then probably build towards a justice league game and hopefully they can pull it off better than they pull off their movies but uh it also seemed as though just from what i've been reading about it they're not trying to set a trend which is the problem they ran into with their movies was they were trying to chase marvel and it seemed to me like that's what they were trying to do with this dc game universe because there was a damian wayne game that was canceled there was a possible i don't maybe there was a batman beyond game that was canceled but I know for a fact it was Damian Wayne that was confirmed, and it didn't happen. So now they're shifting to this extended universe. It sounds to me like maybe they're trying to keep up with the trend of what Marvel's doing, and that's worrying because it didn't work out in the cinematic universe. Uh, who knows how it'll work in their games?
1: Yeah, that's fair. It's it's a bold it's a bold choice to make, but at the same time. Oh, I love DC superheroes. Oh, I would love to see that eventually come about one day. <laughs> oh, I'd love it so much.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm am a bigger DC fan than I'm Marvel, but I can't hey, help but too. like Marvel more for the time being because their movies. Well, they're not like the best cinematic masterpieces ever. They're 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 fun. They are fun movies. So, hey. Yeah,
1: I agree. But however, if anybody out there is listening. And they're on the fence about seeing Birds of Prey. That movie was amazing. Oh, go spend like the eight dollars and go see it. it really, great. I loved it. I loved it.
0: Wow, I've heard good things, which is which is awesome. I'm glad because Wonder Woman was good. Uh, Aquaman was a really fun movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: they had now Shazam. Shazam. Oh, thank you. That's what I was thinking. Shazam, which was a really fun movie, and now Birds of Prey, which is doing pretty well
1: yeah i loved it so if anybody's on the fence just a little plug for a film i'm not even involved with in the slightest but it's pretty good
0: interesting all right well I, i'll i have to go check it out too but i actually speaking of movies i saw sonic great movie also really sonic dude, sonic was a lot of fun sonic was a lot of fun to watch you know that's what i've heard I, I went and, and I went and had a great time. I loved it. It was fun. It brought out a little bit of childlike spirit. Sonic talks incessantly, which was annoying sometimes, but also made sense <laughs> because Sonic's like young and he hasn't talked to anybody that basically he's been like hiding away for years and years and years. Um, mm-hmm. So now if obviously, you know, from the trailers, he starts to talk to people and he gets his buddy and it's a buddy road trip movie. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and I would highly recommend anybody who was curious about it. Same thing. Go on, check it out. Not sponsored. All right. <laughs> I'll do that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a fun time. So we are closing in on our last two topics. The first thing is re-releases. And there's been a couple people who have been talking about this. Maddie made a video about it. Uh, which was talking about how this practice has to stop and it came about because Anthem is going to be going through a soft reboot, which I think is definitely needed for the game. It launched very poorly. I don't know how many people are still playing it, but I'd be surprised if it was more than a couple thousand. Um, and it seems more and more common that, that one, we've seen it over the past couple years with, uh, Games being released in released in a buggy, broken state. Um, with Bethesda, it was Fallout seventy six. Uh, with Anthem was was with Bioware, and I believe Battlefield five was another example of a game mm-hmm. that didn't release very well. So one one correlation, the obvious correlation is we have a rise in live service, we have a rise in focus and monetization. We have a rise in buggy game releases. Coincidence? Mm. Unlikely. <laughs> eh. Likely.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh good.
0: So so the, the 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 idea that I wanted to, to kinda discuss is just these re releases are ridiculous. And I genuinely believe that this is one of the most unhealthy practices that developers can can go in with. And we've seen it. You know, Todd Howard during his interview with uh, with IGN, he said, "Well, it's not about how a game launches anymore. It's about what it becomes." And I think that's just, I think that's a really really poor mentality. That yeah, you know, we could just throw a game out there, won't do well, and we'll, 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 we'll fix these things and we'll see what you guys say, and then and then change it later.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think it's a smart idea to a game. Like, especially a big multiplayer game like Fallout 76 uh, or Battlefield or what have you, that, of course, as, as like, after release, as the lifespan of the game continues, to make tweaks here and there. Be like, oh, hey, this aspect of the game that we thought was going to be a huge hit, it's not really doing as well as we thought, and it's not working properly. Let's replace it with this. Like, let's tweak the game as we go. But I think it's really sad that now developers are like, hey, you know... Um, we can just do kind of half of the work right now and then we can do half of the work uh and release it like two years after the game completely. <laughs> like but no one's I playing think, it. I think you need to be like, be proud of that product that you submit on release day. Be proud of what you put there out there in the world and don't think, ah, we'll fix it again in a couple years. Like I I just it 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 hurts me a little bit. I'm like, come on. <laughs> take pride in your work and do the best thing you can do right now. And dude, care the other thing too is care for your employees because the, the
0: the the PR people, the community managers have to deal with that garbage. Oh, and they yeah. have to go into work knowing that there is a complete uh, you know, crap storm coming their way because uh, things completely out of their control that the, the the developers or the publishers rather, not the developers, the developers are on our side. The publishers said no 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 release it now release it get out go get out the door and make us money go and i what doesn't make sense to me is that developers want to make money fine and the thing that you, you has been really coming up lately is is people saying well businesses are around to make money yes we all know that um and that's fine i don't have a problem with that but you have fans telling you exactly what they want they are saying give us a. we will we will physically pay you, Bethesda, if you release a Fallout 3 remaster, we will hand you our money. We will take wads of it, throw it at your face, grab our copy. We won't even check how much we're handing you. We'll just uh, <laughs> But we're, you know, we are telling you exactly what we would like you to do. And they they don't capitalize on that. They choose not to. Instead we'll get Fallout 76, which I'm glad that, you know, full disclosure for anyone that watches that that enjoys Fallout 76. I'm glad that it's turning around. I am glad that they are trying to reboot it with Wastelanders and I hope that it is successful. I've only heard good things and and um mm. I've heard from people that know people that know people that know people that it's it's a good time and no more than that. But it really is meant to reshape the game and I hope that works out for them, but I don't want that to be the mentality anymore.
1: Yeah. Ugh. I agree.
0: The industry's the industry, I think one thing is the industry's in a really, really weird flux position.
1: Mm-hmm. It's in a weird like um nebulous period. It's,
0: it's hitting his, uh it's it's hitting its its growth spurts yeah it's going through puberty video game puberty I just i was just gonna say that <laughs> which you know is is not a bad uh is not a bad analogy because gaming is now one it's bigger than it's ever been before it's bigger and and there's a statistic that came out i think a year or two years probably two years or three years even that gaming's bigger than the enter is the biggest in the entertainment industry
1: yeah
0: so most, it, it literally is definitely. in in uncharted waters Whew. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting
1: all worked up to mark.
0: I know. It's I love games. I love video games. <laughs> and this industry is going to be around for I think I think eventually games are going to be could almost become and this is not now. This is years in the future, but with the the implementation of VR, it becoming more mainstream, more affordable, especially things of that nature, I I think that uh this would be the defining storytelling medium. And, of course, there's always going to be film and movies and stuff. But, you know, as, as people begin to accept video games and it's not really ostracized anymore or kind of pushed in the corner like, oh, you're a gamer. Uh, who knows? The future is yeah. interesting. Anyway. On to our last topic. We've been going for mm, just shy of an hour, 50 minutes now. So, we do have our last topic that I would like to go over, which is the Bethesda Corner. Welcome, friends, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bethesda Corner. I need to get uh, sound effects. So, whenever I get to this segment, that... I feel like there need to be air horns everywhere. No, no, no. We're not going meme. We're not going meme <laughs> with it. But... <laughs> uh, I do I do want to get kind of like a, a noise, like a little music to play. Who knows? Maybe one That'd day. Be awesome. But welcome to the bethesda corner every week i do want to incorporate bethesda and obviously throughout the discussion i try to incorporate bethesda where i can and bring them into the picture with any discussion make them relevant they are relevant but this one is starfield related of course which we know that it will probably be releasing in 2020 previously i was 2021 and i was all and you could go back and look at comments to people and videos that i've made even and i was 2021 that's that's going to be it it's going to release nope changed my mind 2020 release i'm all aboard that train coming out as a launch title with next gen consoles very exciting we're definitely going to see it at e3 and if i'm wrong i will quit youtube uh oh shit. not actually no i no i think i said that actually about the 2021 release date at one point maybe i didn't include it in the video i might have cut that part out <laughs> because... all right so, so
1: either way you've got to quit youtube is what i'm hearing
0: yeah um there's no winning but So, uh, it will probably, it will almost definitely be at E3. Obviously there's all those marketing positions that are opening up, but the thing that I wanted to talk about today was factions in the game. And really, I wanted to kind of rack your brain for what types of factions would you like to see? What's, uh, what would be most exciting for you and how much is too much? How few is too few? So I guess we could start off with just what, what types of like factions do you want to see? in starfield what types of things you want to do because obviously there won't be a fighter's guild there won't be a mages guild
1: but right um okay so when you brought up this topic to me the one thing that really came to my mind is i kind of so my two big like bethesda things in my mind we've got fallout 4 and we have the elder scrolls skyrim that is where most of my bethesda experience lands Mm-hmm. So what came to my mind when you brought up this topic to me before we started recording, I thought, okay, so I really like how you can be a member of every faction in Skyrim. Like you don't, you don't have to choose. However, I like how in Fallout, being a part of one implicates, has implications on another faction. Like it's they're more tied together and they're not their own entities Mm. per se so i think in starfield i would definitely want something like that where you can be a part of multiple but okay hey you're in a part of this faction that means this faction's not going to be very happy with you hanging around them they're going to tolerate you but they're really not going to give you as many quests or oh you're really buddy buddy with this faction so this other faction like wants to recruit you to be in theirs something like that Like, it's more tied together and feels more like a living, breathing world than, hey, I'm just going to go become the leader in all these factions in about three (laughs) days. Cool. Um, Which, I mean, I still think is really fun to do in Skyrim, but different point. So that's what I'm thinking. And then about the how few is too few, how many is too many.
0: Let's stop right there for a second. Okay, yeah. I think that's interesting you bring that up because that's something I've thought about. And, and typically in the past, I thought it would be typically in the past. I was along kind of the same lines where actually I was saying, well, if you're you know part of this, uh the, you know, if you become the leader of the Fighters Guild and then you go off and join the Dark Brotherhood, then, you know, why would they just let you win? You're part of this honorable, prestigious thing. And now you're trying to become an assassin. Like what? They wouldn't be a little right. bit wary of that. Um, or rather vice versa, if you become right. the leader of the Thieves Guild, chances are, you know, you know Gray Fox is a great example in Oblivion. Um, they'll kind of have wind of, of something going on. So why would why would an honorable guild like the Fighter's Guild let you in if you're the, the leader of the Thieves? But I changed my mind. And the reason why I changed my mind is because if you can roleplay it in your own head, why shouldn't you be allowed to do it? interesting now i do i do agree with you in the sense that maybe i think the happy medium would be acknowledgement like hey you know you are part of the brotherhood of steel but you also want to take part in the the uh the railroad what's going on here um right i think the way to do that is to add a bonus quest an additional quest before you join the faction that proves that you will operate in loyalty to their guild or that you are willing to do what it takes. Um, And you would only get that quest if you were associated with X faction. Mm -hmm. And then once that uh, that's out of the way, maybe one or two NPCs will kind of continue to reinforce, like one of the members of the guild will reinforce that through dialogue and they'll bring it up every once in a while. But after that, it kind of plays out business as usual I think that's a fair happy medium do i mean do you have any other no uh yeah i like
1: that idea Uh, i like that idea of like that happy medium because like i don't want it to be like a fallout four situation where it's like all right you gotta pick one of these three and then you have to stick with those or three or three or they're four i can't even remember right now but (laughs) it's like you pick and you gotta stick with that one can't do anything else with them It's like i don't want that you know what i mean right no so, I you. so i i really do like i was sitting there and as you were explaining your happy medium and i actually think that i would be happy with that as well mm. i think that that's i think that that is a viable option granted i'd like both of our ideas but of course but i do think that's that's viable as well and i would definitely be just as happy i think with that so what type of faction, as long as it plays well
0: what type of factions do you want to join
1: Oh, man. um, What type of faction? I don't know. You go first. Let me let me jump in after.
0: <laughs> All right. I would love to see a Scrapper's Guild. Okay. And I know that might seem really, really silly, but I think that a Scrapper's Guild would be really interesting because it would operate... I, I kind of picture it being, and I know this probably isn't the greatest example, but picture it similar to the Bard's College, uh, where... <laughs> It is this thing that exists, and you can go out and do it, and you'll get relevant perks. Well, I don't know. I've actually never done the Bard's College questline.
1: It's not much. But...
0: <laughs> but the way I picture the Bard's College could have went off is that you get perks, and I know this isn't the way it works, but then you can go off and you can play in a tavern and make money that way and kind of role play in that sense. So if you were part of like a okay. scrapper's guild, you'd go off and you'd do quests, and and maybe some of them would be uh, kind of trying to find relics of the past and it could then become sort of a treasure hunters thing. Um, and of course you'd get the bonuses of, I'm assuming there will be crafting because everyone praised the crafting in, in fallout Four, uh, or most people did. Yeah. And so you'd be able to have benefits of a constant influx of that, you know, unique scrap items that can maybe craft unique items based on the guild. Uh, so I think, that's, I, I think that would be a, a, a cool concept, in my opinion. And then, of course, if yeah, you... Cool. Like, uh, Jedi Fallen Order starts you off as a scrapper. And, you know, if they find a rare haul, then they get bonus credits for, for finding it and, and a finder's fee. And so you can sort of get extra money by working it and finding rare things and trading it into them, as opposed to just selling it at a local shop. Uh, mm mm-hmm. But only if you're a member of that guild, and then of course they'd send you out to go do certain things. The other thing, and I know this is going to be everyone, so I feel like it's it has to be mentioned, is a Pirates guild, so that you can go nice. off and be a space pirate. Hashtags, team space pirate. Um, <laughs> and I, that's obviously for obviously for obvious reasons. Something that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Is being able to go off and raid and pillage, and I also think, have you watched Rick and Morty?
1: Uh, first three seasons. I haven't done much in season four yet.
0: Okay, so you know the assassin in Rick and Morty when they go and they find the the, the fart cloud.
1: Is that the oh boy? I love killing people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh boy. Yes, yes, yes. Here I go off Here killing I go again. Killing again. That's it <laughs> um, I imagine something
0: like that in Starfield. <laughs> so that would take the place of the Dark Brotherhood. It'd be a space spinoff, but um, you can go off and, and you you're an intergalactic assassin, and I think that's cool yeah, yeah. as all hell and i don't want it to be good i don't want it to be like oh you're killing for good reasons or whatever i want it to, to be evil and they have evil. to have those yeah. evil options to make people happy they know that mm-hmm. so a space assassins guild um maybe someone would feel that it's too similar to elder scrolls i think that hey assassins is are assassins and they're always a place for them yeah so but those yeah, are my so thoughts
1: as you're ex- as you were explaining, uh, the pirates, this idea started to form, and then especially with the assassins, and it's actually very similar to the assassins, but it uh, a bounty hunter-like faction type thing, where there's like, right, and I mean, right, right. kind of like the Mandalorian, if you've seen that. Oh, yes. Now it's like, oh, there's, there's this whole group of bounty hunters, and it's kind of like, I was thinking there could be something like in uh, in The Witcher 3, how there's like the posting boards and like all mm-hmm. the towns that you can tear something off and be like, all right, I'm going to go do this now. And, of course, they have bounties in, like, Skyrim and stuff if you just talk to, uh, like, a barkeep or whatever, what have you. Um, and so I think it'd be really cool to have, like, a faction that's dedicated to this. And it's like, oh, maybe you actually think, they're like, they recommend that you have help on this one. So, okay, you got to go get a bounty hunter buddy and go do it with that. Bounty hunter buddy. Bounty. <laughs> you know? Something like that. I want to be that's able to I rename companions,
0: and I just want to rename him as Bounty Hunter Buddy. Everybody. Hey BHB, let's go. We're going on an adventure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him along. Oh boy, here I go killing again. <laughs> um. No, that's and awesome. Then... Oh no, no you go for it. Oh, there's actually there's actually a really cool mod you brought up the Witch, and I was thinking this the whole time. I was like, oh Witcher, and then you said Witcher. There's actually a really cool mod just called Notice Boards in Skyrim that does the same thing. Instead of having to go and talk to a townkeeper and kill a generic bandit. Um, this this mod notice board puts out a board in front of all the inns, and you can walk up to it and you might find missing persons uh, or recover my lost weapon and things of that nature. Uh, God, I need a PC. <laughs> no, actually, I think this one's available on consoles. Maybe not PS4 oh. because PS4 mods. Eh, right. Uh, PS4 is <laughs> trash when it comes to mods
1: in Skyrim. Not not in everything else, but in that, <laughs> it's trash.
0: But I do know that it was available on Xbox and it, I don't see because, uh, uh, Sony was restricted for certain reasons because they couldn't get like certain scripts and stuff in their mods. I don't remember exactly. It's been a while, Yeah. but, uh, notice boards doesn't really change too much. It just, it's, I, I might work. So I know you're doing a vanilla playthrough to get those achievements, but maybe after that, something to consider.
1: Yeah. Um, And then the only other faction that like jumped into my head while you were talking, just because I, I didn't really, I don't know, I was just thinking about it. But so um, in the outer worlds, they've got like the whole option. I know that's not Bethesda, but outer worlds, they've got the whole option. It's like, you can be completely like diplomatic and talk your way out of everything. And so I was like, uh, this brings back, this goes back a little bit to our talking about, oh, I'm going to be the leader in all the factions. Well, when my first time when I played Skyrim and I became the leader of all the factions, I was like, I want more. I want to lead more. I want mm-hmm. to be a jarl. And so I think in Starfield it could be cool if you could try and like work your way up like a political ladder or something like that, and have a mm-hmm. diplomatic faction more like than that.
0: just the the thanes.
1: Right, right, right. I'm like, I'm like, oh great, great. I'm a thane. Let's let's keep going. I want to go up. Right. So, that's just something that I've always thought. Like, I always thought it would be cool to be a Yarl.
0: And that's actually not entirely impossible if, it, if the game is based around colonizing planets. Because, obviously, Bethesda has their settlement building system. I personally am a big fan. I know not everyone is. Um... But I think it would be cool if you go off and you could build, you know, the the building limits much bigger. You could build a town and uh, you probably you can't play it because you're on console. But Sim Settlements for Fallout 4 is really, really cool. Because basically what that mod does is you set up designated zones and you say, okay, a person can build a commercial business right here and a person can build a house right here. And you, you mark these zones and then the residents, as you get more NPCs into your town. They go off and they they build whatever. So they might build a weapon shop, a drugstore, a armor shop, a bar. They'll build whatever they want. And you don't have control over it. You just say what type of building can go there. And with Sim Settlements, the really cool thing about it is that they will change uh, over time. And they might upgrade to have different features. So one might have a giant Nuka, you know, huge rotating Nuka cola sign on top of their uh, house. And another one might just be like a tiny shack made out of a trailer. So all of them are unique from one another. Um, Every single thing stands out. It's really, really, really cool what they did with that mod. I can imagine something being the same with... And then, of course, with some settlements, you could choose to collect taxes and you can do stuff like that. So I don't see why Starfield shouldn't take inspiration from something like that, assuming that they do want to use a settlement system and then you'll get your you know your yarl fantasy
1: <laughs> yeah I, there's just always a fantasy of mine in skyrim i thought that'd be awesome
0: and the other thing too that i'm thinking of now is the fact that becoming the leader of the guild should should mean something because you notice how in, in skyrim you become the leader of every guild and then basically you still take missions from other people
1: right what, exactly th- what is with that yeah <laughs> I lead and you. And like people are still walking around like being a-holes to you, and it's like I'm your boss. Stop. I own <laughs> you. <laughs> oh man.
0: But yeah, no, so I think you know maybe they could look to Dragon Age Inquisition, which had the war table, where you go off and you send different agent oh, do you send different agents to go off and do different missions and you get different rewards based on who you send on them? Yeah. And, of course, I'm still down for, for example, Vex in the Thieves Guild being like, hey, I have this contract. Like, you want to take it on? And you're like, yeah, I want to do some work. Get my hands dirty. And you go off and you do some things on your own. But you can choose to assign out tasks. And then if it's a Thieves Guild type thing, you could send them off and be like, yeah, get gold for me. And they come back and they give you gold.
1: Nice. That'd be cool. That would be cool.
0: Um, And then the last thing is how many guilds, the true last thing, how many guilds is too many guilds? So, in Skyrim, by my knowledge, you have the Dark Brotherhood, the Companions, mm-hmm. College of Winterhold, Bard's College, Thieves Guild.
1: Yes, I think that's all. I, I would. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I would barely even call the Bard's College one, but yes. Um, so, five, you have a total of five
0: different factions in, in, in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Do you think there should be more in Starfield, less in Starfield?
1: So I think the opposite side of the question is easier to answer, at least for me with how few is too few. Okay. And I think the number that's coming to me is I think that I I think three is too few and I know that's even fewer than Skyrim. And so I feel like even four, if they are well tied together, and have the implications or the happy medium you were talking to, I feel like that would still be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can't just be four that are completely separated and are boring and just feel like busy work. Right. Um, but so I think three is too few. Uh, how many is too many? Um, I don't know, That that's a hard one because if they're done well, I want them to never end, you know? Right. I don't know. I don't know how to answer the to too many one. I
0: would say. What that, about you? I would say that four is the minimum. Okay. Six is ideal, but I would be mm-hmm. very happy with. And this might be overstretching. I think six would be great, assuming that maybe two of them are similar to bars, where it's not very intensive. It's it's kind of just a thing that makes sense in the world that you can be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm okay with I'm okay with those to, to, to exist as filler. Uh, as long as there's some you know, there's some effort put into it. But like, for example the the one thing that I always remember about the Bards College is, is the, the Burning Festival. And I thought that was like a cool thing. It's unique to them and the burning of King Olaf was, was I know you don't like the Bards College at all.
1: <laughs> but Well no, it's not that I don't like it. I just I feel like it's so hard in my mind to even put it up there with like the Dark Brotherhood and Thieves Guild. Right, right,
0: right. Yeah. So if if there were if there were two factions like that, I I think that's totally totally okay. Um, and six I believe would be a would be a perfect amount because Skyrim. Always felt to me like there could be one more. Like I don't know. It's just one more would have been perfect. I don't know what that would yeah. have been. And it's been the same guild since. In fact, no, there were more guilds than there were in. Oblivion. So they did improve it by one because the Bards college, I know you don't consider it, but there you go. Um, so I don't six, six would be perfect. Six is my,
1: yeah, I think, I think that, I think that's a good number. Anyway, six is good. That will do it for
0: this episode of the push start podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining. I hope you had fun. It's a really great time. Uh, subtly, Thanks for joining. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks for having me. Any final words?
1: Oh boy. Here I go killing again. No, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just happy to be here. All
0: right. And on that note, thank you guys one more time. Be sure to check out my social media, the discord and well, as well as, uh, Sully explosives, uh, Twitch, I'll leave a link and all that relevant information will be in the description below. So Give it a look-see. Thank you, guys. This will be available on Spotify. should have included that in the beginning, but if you listen this far, then it's probably useless to you now. I hope to see you all next time. So long, everybody. Peace.